welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. Uh, I'm here with Nick, Lauren and Ed today. And today we're going to be discussing the topic of social media. Ooh. Yeah, it's kind of a big one. Yeah, it's quite a, a huge topic really, isn't it? And yeah, in, in our conversations just before starting this, we, we found it a little bit difficult to narrow it down to a specific subtopic. But um, we've all kind of done a little bit of research and got some questions that we don't have answers to. So we're going to kind of just chat those through. Um, yeah, has anyone got a particular question or something that they're thinking about that would be a good place to start with? Yeah, I was wrestling a little bit with whether social media is a, a good thing or a bad thing. And I right. could, again, I just flip-flop between one and the other. Yeah. Sometimes I think, is that my own agenda that influencing decision? Is it good for humanity or mm. is it not good for humanity? Um, I came up with a few sort of ideas behind it but I wondered yeah what you guys thought about that whether whether it's a good thing or a bad thing for for us as a mm. human race rather than just us as people mm. I think there's so many ways of looking at it aren't there they you can look at it from like the mental health and well-being perspective like um we hear that a lot of kind of stories in the news about um social media perhaps being the cause of depression or anxiety or maybe not the cause but contributing to those sort of things and i also think it's interesting that looking at it from the faith perspective as well like for our spiritual life what does facebook and twitter do um yeah it's it's from a faith point of view that was one of the things that that i managed to sort of shoehorn into the pro social media because if you want a platform to get a message across to a lot of people very quickly there's nothing better than, than social media to do that. I, we can get messages across the world in a, ma- in a matter of seconds, but also to a very large friendship group or a very large church group or a very large, you know, whatever group of people, you can get a message straight across to those guys. And whether that is, whether that's just a, just to let you know, guys, Jesus loves you, or if that's a, we could really do with a bit of support at the moment. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I, that was one of my pro pro-social media arguments was we can get, our message or a message or the, the gospel across very quickly and whether we actually do that or not is probably another conversation yeah another. linking to that there's the things that you can do with social media which isn't just oh, interacting with friends we can set up groups you can set up events mm. so it's a, it's a great place to plan to do things as well if, if whether that's faith-based or not whether so we have a group chat every single week for, for five-a-side football and without mm. social media it would have been so much harder to plan it yeah, yeah. we'd have to go ring people up or oh, can you play can you not play but with the use of just you know, Facebook Messenger, it, it's completely changed it. And same with events as well. If uh, I think like stag dudes and stuff, you can just mm. plan on Facebook in a private group, and then you've done it without having to sit down, book a day, six hours. It's like a different session. way of building community, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, mm. just a different concept. But I guess with the going back to what Nick was saying about the pros and cons, I think it's like anything in the world, you can find good in it. Yeah. In that, just the same as you can find bad in it, like that is the world we live in. There is there is good and there is evil. And I think, like you were saying, it's good that you can get a message across and that you can tell people about the gospel, but also people can get bad messages across and bad things can be spread and bad messages can be given out and people can be made to feel bad. And it's that discerning between the good and the bad and what we're going to engage with and what we're not going to engage with and how we betray ourselves Mm. within that. Guess. Rob Bell, um, one of my favourite people to read, <laughs> he talks about um, social media in one of his podcasts and um, he, he says that uh, 
when we create a social media account, we become managers of a global, um, like a global communications network and not all of us are equipped to be managers of a global (laughs) communication network and you can see i see that so clearly and even my my friends like the number of people that kind of just use uh, social media to kind of vent or to um they kind of air their baggage out on like what do you sort of think of that would that be kind of using as like an open diary for the world it would that be a good thing or do you think it's it can be dangerous like for, for me i i just show absolutely zero vulnerability online in any way so like i very rarely post on anything i use it for communi- communication stuff like doing events and messages but i really struggle when it comes to you know actually sharing about maybe my faith or real things that are going on in my life so i don't know where the balance is with that i think it depends on your perception perception of which social media you're on so mm. Uh, I, I see Instagram as a place where you put like photos up and you, like, all, all your best pictures you put on Instagram and stuff like that. Whereas somewhere like Twitter, that's a more intimate place where it's interactions with people. So you'll see a lot of the time businesses will have customer support on Twitter but not on Instagram or something because you can whack a tweet out and if you're slagging something off immediately, the support team can then comment and say, oh, let me help you out. And I think people can use things like Twitter as an open diary because that's what it's made for. I think it's when, I'm not saying you can't do it in anything else, but there's different platforms there for different things. You wouldn't, so something, LinkedIn, it's the it's a business social media, it's where you go on there to find jobs and things like that. You wouldn't want to go talking about how annoyed you are with your breakfast, where you've eaten on there, because it's not professional, it's not the atmosphere that you're in. Mm. It's about, I think it's about getting the, the balance right of where you are and what you're saying. So my Twitter is just a load of rubbish. It's whatever I'm tweeting, whatever I'm thinking, but whereas I'm off, on something like Facebook or Instagram, I think about what I'm going to put because I know there's more... There's more. That's interesting. There's more different people looking at those accounts. Mm. And there's it, it the thing as well, whether you've got an account on private or public. Yeah, yeah. Sure. See, I have a few... I have, I have two Instagram accounts. One of them's public, one of them's private, and then on my private one, I post what I like because mm. it's my private account and I know no one's going to see it unless I let them follow me. Do you ever worry about... You hear lots of kind of stories in the news about people who have lost jobs for because of stupid things they've posted 10, 15 years mm. before. And like it seems like what we put onto social media is just can be dragged up at any point by anyone, whether that's in a professional or personal environment. Well, that's that's the internet, isn't it? Once you put yeah. something on the internet, it's, it's always there. You can never truly delete something. Um, and when I was training to be a teacher, that was like hounded into us. It was like your digital footprint is is your worst enemy, really. Um, and you need to be careful what you're putting on there and what you're portraying on there. Um, and that that's a really hard thing because you're talking about vulnerability and things. And it's, I don't know. But then I would just argue that your social media life is as important as your everyday life in that we all have battles with trying to live the way, as talking from a Christian perspective, we all have battles with trying to live the way Jesus intended us to live and how he wants us to live and um, to to do the Great Commission on Earth. But how does that look on social media compared to your everyday life? Mm. Like, you're talking about not having vulnerability, but then are you making it look like Christians have got it all together? Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. Like get what you've you're that. you've just got married, you've got a job, like you like your life's together, but actually in reality, 
This one's really awful. You have not got your life together, Edward. That You're a mess. That. But, <laughs> but you still have like challenges and issues yeah. that are going on within your life and your faith. Mm. Um, Is that an argument to use social media more then to to be yeah. portrayed yeah. like an open diary but then the, then the the counter argument is you've got those christians that literally moan all the time on social media and you're literally like what about the joy of jesus like any joy going on there no okay like there's got to be a balance between it and I, yeah. and and it always to me it goes back to does what i've just posted on social media glorify god so I, I've shared quite a lot about my mental health journey on social media and that's kind of mm. part of, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but it, it it's helped me in certain situations. But I've always tried to have that positive faith spin on it by using a Bible verse or by, but I would never have posted until I'm in a better headspace. Mm. Um, so it's, it's pros and cons all the time, isn't it? It's, it's how you, but I think that's, you just always relate it back to real life. Like, is it portraying who you are as a person? You used a really interesting term earlier on. I don't know if you think I've said my everyday life and my online life. Like, are, yeah. are they both the same? Should they both be the same? Mine are definitely not the same. Um, yeah. Like, we, we spoke a little bit uh, before about vulnerability. And I've been really challenged in kind of recent months about the idea that vulnerability is essential in any form of evangelism or witness, whether that's digital or in person. People don't respond to just like a, a corporate Facebook page or mm. something, putting out a message about faith because there's that detachment. It's not humans encountering each other. It's a, it's a corporate organization and a human. And that, that can't be an equal relationship. And I think for any kind of real witness to take place, you need that equal rela- relationship. So I, I can say that, but then actually living that out is really difficult for me. Like, um, because I don't post on Facebook or Twitter very much at all. And every time I do, I'm kind of constantly thinking, through, okay, so how could this be interpreted by people? Is this like, what light is this going to put me in or yeah, and it's like if you got into a real life conversation, you, you've got it's, you've got to think a bit before you speak, haven't you? Like you can't if you got into an argument with someone, if you went in all guns blazing and just didn't think about what you were saying, they'd have a counter argument and a counter argument, and then you'd be digging yourself a hole. It'd be the same on social media. If you like the people that just post whatever, I know how I do it, but if you post like um, something aggressive or argumentative without thinking, that's on there forever. Like you, you—it's a case of you've got to think about, you've got to think about what you're saying because otherwise it can it can come back. Like you said, um, uh, there was um, a newspaper editor who got sacked for um, a, a homophobic tweet that he wrote seven years ago, which was oh however long ago it was, but it was it was a bit like that's come back to haunt him. Mm. But I, I don't think it should be like that really because everyone's at a different stage in their life. So um, <clears throat> and if we believe in forgiveness, oh yeah. Where, where does that come into? If it? I'm 19 years old and I, if I, I, well, I am 19 years old. That's not an if. Um, if I go back five years on my Facebook or anything like that, there's, there's going to be some posts which are just cringy and awful. But that's that's not who I am now. So it's not something that I'd want to be represented for. Which hmm. I think is unfair on the people that have those tweets taken out of context and out of from where they were, and taken five years into the future and saying, "Oh, that's them. They've said that, and that's what they mean." It's really difficult because I'm with kind of both all of us arrived that we probably should post more real life stuff 
on the second, on the other hand, that's a stick to beat us with, so maybe yeah. we shouldn't put. So there's a really interesting sort of yeah position with somewhere in between the middle, but I don't know what that I don't know what that is. Mm. I don't know what that looks like. And this is the kind of the circles that I went round when I was thinking about things of how how can I use how do I use social media? How could I use social media? Mm. And and the question that you're asking does my social media life is it representative of my real life? And more importantly, is it representative of, of my love for God and, and does it glorify him through what I'm saying and that's those yeah. are really big questions yeah it's, it kind of goes back to that classic question of if someone you didn't who didn't know you just looked at your social media accounts your Facebook your Twitter your Instagram would they know that you're a Christian apart from the about section yeah and, and the, the bio cross emoji. big bible verse in bio yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's difficult yeah mm. yeah but I don't I uh, but I then it's the same as if, sorry Nick, okay. if they saw you behaving in a cafe or at a drive through or at a social event, would they see God in that? Yeah. It's, and I think social, I don't know if this is a really big statement that's not right, but like social media is a, is a way of living, isn't it? Like people live their lives through it's social media away, these days no yeah, exactly. like it is just part of life now mm. and i don't think whether we say it's bad and christians shouldn't use it or whatever which i don't think we are going to get to that point after what we've talked about but no <laughs> don't do it so if if you think that um social media is just you know a part of life now and and, yeah. and part of our society would you say that Christians have a duty to be active on social media? Oh, that's a tough one. As in active as in just personally active or active as in evangelical? How, can you clarify? Or both? Both, yeah. I, I don't have a, yeah. <laughs> a specific answer to that. Because I think be, being... I suppose, it, I suppose mm. one should, should probably be the other. Like, mm. if we are active, we probably should be evangelical. Um and that's yeah, that's really difficult because, like you said, there's no substitute for that human interaction. If you wrote a tweet saying, if if like Jacob said that that's the most kind of human of of the social media um, platforms, if you wrote a tweet saying, "Hi guys, how are you doing today?" and you read the comments, mm. that's totally different to sitting across the room from someone and saying, "Yeah, hi mate, how are you doing today? What's mm. going on?" I think it also depends on the person you are because there's a lot of people out there who are quite introverted who. Maybe wouldn't go out there and just, oh, um, do you know I'm a Christian? I do this, blah blah blah. I'm like, be evangelical. Like, if I, I wouldn't want to force someone who's not gonna tell someone in real life to sell something on social media. As much as it's easier to say it on social media, I'd rather, I'd rather it be something which is honest, where they, they could say it in real life as well. So I wouldn't want to put people out of their comfort zone who are happy with their faith and happy with what they're doing in their own community to then have to do it in an online community where they're not quite as yeah, comfortable absolutely. it should never be a forced thing on people no. I, I totally agree with that That I, I think religion in the past has spent too, way too much time and effort dictating how people should live their lives yeah. mm. uh, which is another topic that maybe we won't get into today <laughs> but, um, but without being cliche it's all back to the body of Christ isn't it like we all have our parts to play in that and some people, Some people are gifted media. in it, in social media, and can use that. And I think it's also a generational thing. So, like you said about, um, Nick, about human interaction, and it's very different to doing it. When I've been reading about 
um, Generation Z, it talks about those youth who would sit at a youth club, for example, and barely say boo to a goose. I sound like my mum when I said that. <laughs> I'd say boo to a goose. And, um, but then when they get home, they'll message their youth worker and be like, I've had a really rubbish week, and da 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 And that is how they communicate and whether we agree with that or not there are some there are a lot of teenagers and people um generation zers that are far more articulate through technology than they'll ever be with speech Mm. and that's scary it's scary for those of us that it's a it's a secondary thing to us because it came later in our lives whereas they've never known anything different they've never known how to not be connected with their friends 24-7. They've never known what it means to only have proper conversation with people. And unless they've done the whole talking about that your body language makes up however much percent of your communication and whatever as part of an education, then they they just don't understand that. It's just a, a completely different experience for them that's that's their life i understand that mindset because i'm i am sort of that generation so there's mm. there, there, there'll have been times in the, in the past couple of years where like uh, i'll have been struggling with something and instead of saying something to someone because i know i just i'd feel awful i'd feel uncomfortable i'd wait i'd wait until i can message them online because there's that safety in it and there's that safety barrier where you don't have to have that human interaction straight away where you can talk something out and then you can go see it it's like, it's like you can plan what you're gonna say yeah, yeah exactly so you know like when you go to the doctor yeah, you always Google your symptoms first, don't you? Because it, it feels a lot safer when you, like, Google your symptoms because then you can you can think, oh, I've got this, but then it ends up telling you you're going to die in, like, 10 days, so then you have to go to the doctors. But As a church, that's really interesting because, um, like, like you, were, you were saying earlier about vulnerability, mm. I think that there's, that's kind of missing a little bit from... The more, the more that we use social media, that's not just missing from our online presence, but also from our interactions. I think, like Jacob was saying, it's much more comfortable to, to write a message and say, struggling with this, and to sit down and have that conversation. So as a church, how do we steer our church towards gearing up for that and making things available? Probably, Eddie, you're a good guy to talk to about that with, with the stuff that you are doing at the moment um, with G21. But I think that's that's a really interesting topic because... The church has to evolve. It has to move, mm. it, and if it doesn't, it you know it's going to struggle and it's going to be out of touch. And and yeah, yeah, and it's been out of touch as you were saying for for generations. And now we've got a real opportunity to to be in touch and to be yeah. to use technology and to to kind of get a wider message out very quickly, as we were saying earlier on. But how do we how do we allow for that does yeah. it's, it's probably different for me because I'm a generation removed from you guys. That sounds mm. like the old man in the room, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's a challenge for, for me because I'm the opposite to Jacob and I pick up the phone and say, if I can't see you in person, I pick up the phone and say, how are you getting on? Yeah. Whereas something might be, it's easier to write a text, maybe it's a challenge for me to, to use that more and to text people and, and what yeah. have you. Whereas you'd be surprised at the amount of teenagers who freak out at the thought of talking on the phone. Yeah. Because yeah, it's absolutely. such an alien concept. Yeah. Whereas sending a Snapchat is perfectly normal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges for the church of, of staying culturally relevant, relevant is going to include the social media. And it will, it never stops, does it? Technology never stops. So there will be more and more and 
different there's this well yeah the, there's no way in 10 years time we're going to be using the same social media that's, exactly. that's a fact there's yeah. there's over 250 social media apps out at the minute mm. and that's always just going to keep growing and uh, mm. there's yeah we're going to be using different ones in 10 years time so it's mm. As much as it's important to be on it, you've got to be ready to change. Like you said, like everyone's got to be ready to change with technology. So yeah. you'll see like Instagram influencers now who in 10 years' time, if Instagram goes bust or if anything like that happens, like it just isn't popular, mm. they'll be out of a job then. So yeah. then, then what they do they do? need a career backup yeah. plan. That's the idea. One of the, um, the questions that often comes up in Christian circles when they're talking about how the church needs to be relevant um, in a digital era is... Um, the question of are all of our digital digital efforts pointing towards a face to face connection in the end? So, say uh, G twenty one, we kind of put Christian material out onto the internet, and we try and kind of connect with people and share the message of the gospel online to people who may not hear it from other other places. Um, but it, should the aim of all those sort of things be to create a one-on-one relationship between two people and then actually bring them into a church environment that we already know? So are we trying to get people to come along to our established churches or is there such a thing as an authentic digital community that actually we can share as the body of Christ in a healthy way and do church online without the physical face-to-face connection? I think from what Jacob was just saying, I think, I mean, that's, it's really, that's why I love this is because I never would have got that perspective about Jacob just saying it, but I think you, you have to, I think you have to have that um, platform where people yes. can interact with, without the face-to-face, if that's how a generation or mm. the next generation is going to, is going to work, is, is that's going to, how they operate, then that mm. has to be. That's, that has to An be option, yeah, yeah how it if, is yeah if it, if it can work in other areas it, the church has to be able to make it work as well so like, mm. imagine if you're going an online game and there's 20 other people in the lobby you're going to play with you might make friends with them but you're never going to see them in real life if they live on the other side of the world and that those sort of communities work those like gaming communities work yeah. and there's definitely a way that you could transfer uh, i don't know if, say if you play fortnite I don't, I don't play fortnite but there's millions of people around the world that play it that's a group of people that are probably never going to meet each other, don't know how old they are, don't know their real name, but yet they can come together for like an hour a day and play together. Mm. There must be a way that that can be transferred into other areas of life, like the church. It's a big challenge, that. Mm. It's a big challenge for you, Ed. It really is, yeah. <laughs> He's going to do it. And it's, it's something I do still struggle with, was I find it so hard to kind of accept that losing that face-to-face, that mm. kind of in-person incarnational using a good christian word for yeah. it um model it, it can be can be as good or but maybe it's not about that maybe that's actually that's how people are living so that's how we need to be relevant yeah. um, it shouldn't well. undervalue the face-to-face connection mm. though, because that there is because I, I am that generation where I, I would much rather well i wouldn't much rather but if it was if i i could only speak to them by texting them i'd text them but you still get those times, those face-to-face interactions with people where this where you create memories. You don't really create memories like chatting over Facebook. You create memories by meeting up with people, mm. doing things like events in real life. Like Although you use social media to create those things and stuff, mm. it's, there, there's an importance of actually getting off social media sometimes Yeah. as well as there is make, making sure you're on it at the right times but making sure your life doesn't revolve around it, which is really mm. hard to do. When all, all you really see when you're my age is oh, how many likes mm. you get on Instagram or how many followers yeah. have you got. Can I just 
say something controversial. Not controversial, but... No. It's just <laughs> popped into my head. It'll get how, cut. No, but how do we communicate with God? Is it face-to-face? Mm. Interesting. I've never seen his face. I've never think. seen his face. No one I've seen, seen the weird paintings that put of Jesus on the wall, but I don't think it looked like that. I'd say like that 10 million paintings of him. There's a, a tangible, intimate presence there, though, it, it, yeah. in, in my experience. Yeah, um, but then is there not... Like, when I am away and I text my husband, there's a tangible presence of... He's speaking to me and I know he's there. I guess it's more... But it's not face-to-face. Yeah, talking. I use the term talking in person rather Mm. than talking face-to-face. Sure. I think in person, definitely. Face-to-face means, like, I'm sitting across the the, the table to end Mm. now. Um, But in person, if I was to look out the window and talk to Jacob, he's still there. And that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I think, for me, one of the problems, which, you know, you can get around with Skype and FaceTime and all that sort of stuff, but the... Well, everything that we do with each other digitally um, and through social media and all that, it's reduced to words. Yeah. So um, everything is in text. And like us having this this conversation face to face, I see your body language. I see the tone. I hear the tone of your voice. I I get all of that extra information. And actually, if you look at the way that God chooses to interact with us, uh, it's yes, words are involved. We have the Bible, we have scripture. Um, but There's actually, so many other elements how did God choose to interact with us? He sent Jesus, and that incarnational presence that we have through Jesus, um, yeah, surely is a model that is stronger than, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Maybe Just I should be the one arguing there. against digital <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I give yourself out yeah, of the <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really interesting. It's all I'm, just things to think about, though, isn't it? Like, oh yeah, I'm really keen to to listen to other ideas because I think I'm, I'm very I have my own thoughts, and that some, sometimes for me can be that, and I'll dismiss anything else that doesn't line up with what, the way I'm thinking. But when you think about about church and about evangelism, mm. I don't, you can't be that. I guess you could use the word arrogant to to, to do that. Yeah, close yeah. mind. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to be open to using different things. I think mm. that's maybe something else for us to talk about another time. Is, mm. is different avenues for yeah. the gospel and, and yeah. including social media and sport and any and ideas? Please just <laughs> <laughs> drop in an email. Yeah, yeah. I have a cool quote. I can comment. Oh, Jacob's got a quote. Uh, it's by Roxanne Gay, and she says, "Social media is something of a double-edged sword. At its best, social media offers." unprecedented opportunities for marginalised people to speak and bring much-needed attention to the issues they face. Mm -hmm. And at its worst, social media also offers everyone an unprecedented opportunity to share in collective outrage. Yeah. Mm. Collective outrage. And we do see that, don't you? Like, um, people behave differently in digital space. Mm. Like, we've got trolls now. Keyboard warriors. Keyboard warriors. Um... Yeah. So what do you think about that? Like, um, If we kind of are going to look into the church creating digital spaces for like digital community, how do we deal with that thing that people are going to behave differently through text and online than they would in a, in a face-to-face or in person? I think you have to be ready to accept it. Uh, if you, so for example, I, I, run, I run a business, I run a clothing brand. If I 
if I went online and just did this, just a little plug, it's called Maneska. Shout out to Maneska. Yeah. Uh, if, <laughs> if I went online and just said, oh, this is great, and I had a load of, like, yes people just saying, oh, this is brilliant, uh, it, it'd, be t- it'd tarnish me a bit, but in, also in a way, I, I have to be ready for people not to like it and for people to criticise it, and I've mm. had that, and I've, I've got through that experience, and learning that people are just not going to like it and they're going to say something, it's just a case of you've got to take it on the chin. So if we, if we did something where the church was online, it was a big presence... There's going to be thousands of people liking it and a couple of people that hate it. We've just got to mm. deal with the people that hate it. Cause it's persecution, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, We're exactly. far too comfortable in the Western world. Well, I think um, one of the problems we have is that Facebook and Twitter and, and even Instagram, they're, they're all geared towards pushing you towards the outrageous and the, the offensive. So uh, if someone comments something on an article or and then it gets lots of reactions because it's so inflammatory and horrible, that will be pushed to the top. That will be the first thing that you see as a comment under that thing. So it's all like all of the, the genuine kind of comments that aren't, aren't offensive or are just kind of helpful, they may not get the same reaction because they're not controversial. So we're pushed towards the outrageous. Do, do you think that sort of low-level manipulation, maybe you could call it that, on on how we look at stuff could, could have an effect on us? It's creating, I guess it's just creating popularity for the platform, isn't it? And that's, they, these are all that's businesses cool. as well. So yeah. so for people, yeah, the, the more inflammatory or the more uh, controversial, the more reaction, mm. the more it feeds. It's, yeah, it's mm. kind of self-perpetuating. And, and as Christians, we just have to be able to discern and mm. filter that. And like Philippians with the fix your thoughts on what's true and honourable and right and pure and lovely because Mm -hmm. the the evil is there in any format so it's about us discerning it and being able to do you think that could be seen as quite close-minded though because i I think you have to accept there's there's bad and there's going to be bad things to say so i think by blocking it out you you're losing a lot of interaction you'd have with people that could potentially help you they're just not wording it in a way which is nice like there's a way to give constructive criticism and i think if if someone's going to say it in a bullish way they're going to say it in a bullish way but there's there's obviously something you can take out of that yeah so if i, I think blocking it out would, is, is quite in in this day and age definitely because yeah. if if you block it out it's, it's you think it's gone then but other people are still going to see it so you might as well just accept it and then keep going with it yeah i think it's just important not to carry it as like baggage yeah there are ways of yeah, like like you say, accepting it for what it is without fixing your your thoughts on it, and I think that that's what certainly that Philippians passage is talking about. What what do you allow to occupy your your mind? What what is it that you carry with you places, and yeah. what what is it that's going to define ha- how you are or who you are? And it's what you're engaging with as well. So if you're if you see that and you think that that's the the negative tweet or whatever mm. is okay, are you to a degree think it's funny or whatever is that fixing our thoughts on what's true and honorable and mm. does anyone engage on social media on debates uh, it's something that i actively steer against because i, I don't feel you can, like you can reason with people as well online as you could in a in a proper debate as if, you know yeah. face-to-face discussion i think people as jacob says can be more bullish um can mm. not mince the words um, and certainly like they may may have an accounting for your feelings in a conversation yeah. whereas online you're just a screen yeah. um, 
Does anyone engage in it? Because it's something I don't, and I yeah. don't know whether I should or not, because it makes me cross. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever been in that in a situation where it's been like that close, closely affected to me. Like, there's, there's always I obviously have opinions on debates that people have, but unless it's something I feel passionately about, I feel like I let the people who don't think before they speak speak. And I think because I very much have the same views as eunuch that like you're not going to get anywhere with it what's the point that kind of thing i will if i openly see something i will openly discuss it with a friend or with somebody else that might have seen it and and voice my opinion in that forum but i wouldn't post it online yeah. but i think that event then goes back to the accountability of what if i comment on that but then my views change on that in five years mm. or whatever yeah I... I i don't necessarily want to make such a brash statement or a, a bold decision on something where everybody can see it and where it will be forever. Mm. I, I did, a few years ago, get involved in some debates online. and But I did it in a way that, looking back, was very silly, actually. Um, <laughs> so I knew I wouldn't do it on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that because of that vulnerability thing actually that I knew because your mum followed you well that's it like <laughs> all of my family are friends with me and actually I thought do I want to have this conversation in such an open environment so I signed up to Reddit I don't know if you use yeah. Reddit yeah. and I've got no, I had no friends on Reddit or anything like that and I just found loads of topics that like not wound me up but I thought oh yeah you know I know a little bit about that I can, I can take them and it was totally an ego thing it was a total <laughs> ego trip that I thought I could outsmart other people online and I tried to do that d through debate form. How did it go? Um, it went all right, but there's a lot more smarter people out there than, <laughs> than I am. So it started very well and then people replied. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I kind of learned from that actually that I, the reasons I was doing that probably weren't from a place of love. They probably weren't from a place of actually what i'm saying here is true it's helpful and and it's, and it's glorifying god yeah it comes back to that again and it, it? it wasn't any of those really well some of it was true um i, I think but um yeah it's, it's i'm always struck by like especially on twitter I think if i see people debating stuff and i think oh i'd, I'd really love to say something I, I i now just stop myself every time but i'm not sure that's a helpful way yeah, of being either i'm the same i, yeah. I just don't engage because i think it, again, the inflection in your voice doesn't get across the things yeah. that you can easily misinterpret what's being said. So I tend to steer away. And do have, similarly, there's been a couple of times where I have engaged and people have either just repeated the previous point or just completely disregard what I've said. And I was like, oh, what's the, what's the point in doing yeah. this? It's a bit and of a often it's like, in places like Twitter, it's just like a drop in the ocean, isn't it? Like it does, does your one... Mm. Yeah, and it makes that noise. Oh, my god! I can do it. That's so strange. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think it. I don't know what I was saying. I was too amazed by your noise. <laughs> a drop Nothing. in the ocean about. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just like a drop in the ocean. Like, does your one little statement actually have an impact on? Yeah, I don't know. I've messaged people in the past. If I've seen someone I know well post something online that I th that I, I felt like I should reply to, I I've. I've I very rarely, especially on Facebook, Twitter, I very rarely actually do that in a public space. Mm. So I, w I would message that person, I think. And I think it's important to let people like have their opinion, like and voice their opinion as well. Because it, twenty, thirty years ago, you'd have to join like a society and a debate club, and mm. that's the only way you'd get your opinion out. Like everyone's entitled to their opinion. I think everyone's entitled to share their opinion. It's just the way that they share it. Like it, was, it can be taken out of context. It can be misinterpreted. It, 
there's just so many ways for it to go wrong, but it, I feel like it's important that they have that. It's just learning how to do it right is the main important thing, especially on Twitter. There's a lot of people who, well, I, I'm definitely, I, I word things in very straightforward ways, which, and then when I tweet it, I can delete it, but then I'd feel like, and rewrite it, but. I think mean, that's one of the other things about Twitter is that you can't edit your tweets. So mm. once it's there and you keep it on there, you have to deal with it unless you delete it. So it's yeah. And is it actually deleted? Well, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, there's been loads of times where like I think it's um, Bet Three Six Five who will like put a tweet out like slagging off a football club if they lose. But is then that Leeds, yeah. yeah, yeah, because <laughs> uh, Leeds were drawing one all yesterday with some Sydney team in Australia. And they were about to tweet saying uh, the Leeds threw six thousand miles to lose to um, to lose to Man United four 0 and draw with some Australian team, and then we scored a ninety fifth minute winner. But everyone had screenshot it before they deleted it, so it, it was still out there, and everyone just yeah. took the mick out of them for it. Yeah, I had an assembly once at school, which always stayed with me, which is probably something that lots of people had. But um, like that idea of so when you post on this social media, it's like pushing all the toothpaste out of a toothpaste tube and, and then they try and get it back in. Yeah. You, you just can't. Um, it's gone. Yeah. I, I think, for me personally, when I when I look at social media and I look at a, a lot of things that are being posted, um, particularly when you see, like, celebrities and things posting, it, in my mind, it all just seems quite... A, quite fake to use that I guess it's a strong word it's superficial it's very superficial but mm. some, sometimes just completely fabricated right yeah staged um, and I don't know whether that's just me or if that's everybody's opinion or if that's the way that we use it to portray this wonderful life when the reality it's, it's there's a saying that my my old boss used to always use and he'd say perception is seldom reality um, mm. and how we perceive people's lives on social media is very seldom reality. I'm sure pe- lots of people do have very, very wonderful lives and I'm very glad about that, but we don't always see the other bits, the real bits, and that goes to the vulnerability that you were talking about. That, mm. That's the that what's, that's what makes it real, isn't it, the way you see yeah. both sides of... But do you find it interesting that certain celebrities have... Because I feel like in the last few years, people have kind of been... Um, I don't know, outed for doing that, like kind mm. of what's the word like shunned for doing it mm. like called out on it whereas i think now it's becoming like popular for um certain celebrities to be like really true like stacy solomon for example has just had a baby and she's all about like sharing the ups and downs of of motherhood and like she posted a picture the other day of like a leaking boob and stuff and it was like but but she's really keen on pushing that of no we are just humans and i think it's kind of coming full circle now from what you were saying. Like, obviously, there's still those people that, that aim for that. Um, but generally, like, people are starting to realise that that's not the case and they're beginning to see more of that reality. I think with some, like, celebrities, uh, they get paid a lot of money to post on social media. Yeah. So then if you're getting paid, I think... I, I, I might be wrong, but I think Kylie Jenner's the most, like, or Kim Kardashian's gets pays the most per Instagram post. I think it's like $100,000 per post. If you're post... I'll be happy with a pound. Oh, yeah, exactly. If I got paid for it, it'd be brilliant. So if anyone wants to sponsor, no. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, if, if they're getting paid a lot of money to post and it's brand sponsorships and stuff like that, it's it's less of a personal page and more of a business to them. Do people see through that though? Because that's that's where my I, well, guess, I think that's where people are from. now. Like, people I, know it's there now. So I, even on YouTube, 
there was a time on YouTube where if uh, a YouTuber was sponsored for a video, they didn't have to tell their audience, so they could say, oh, look at, yeah. this, look at this wonderful phone I'm using. Everyone should go buy it. And, but now they have to say, oh, right, I'm, this is a brand deal. That I'm, I'm, I'm being paid to say this. And I think mm. now that that's out there, there's a lot more transparency with it and people can interact with it however they feel and they know yeah. it's, that it's been paid to put there. But they, if, if they follow that person and know what that person's like, they know some, some of them will only do brand deals that they agree with and stuff like that. And I think that's important. I think in a way with social media, it's, it can be quite a shallow transparency though. So... Yeah, we, we we know now when people are paid to post on there. But actually, if you think about the people who create the, the environments for those things, like Facebook and Twitter, and, the, and actually from a, a deeper level with those, they actually spend millions and millions, if not more, researching ways to get you to look at your phone more. Mm. So like every decision that they make is designed to get you to be looking more at your phone and less at the real world because they earn money by you looking at your screen yeah so like, i heard one thing with uh, and they were talking about twitter and they say that just a simple thing like when you open twitter there's like a small delay for when you're um when the notifications pop up on the, the little bell thing inside the app and they've worked out that psychologically you can get addicted to that so you can get addicted to that small delay. So you wait, you look at it, you wait, and when you see the pop-up thing, it releases like a dose of dopamine into yeah. your brain. And psychologically, they've manipulated you there a little bit to get a bit more addicted to opening Twitter every time. So there's so many of these tiny little decisions that we don't notice, but psychologically they're having quite a deep effect on us. How, how do you feel about that? Seems on the on the surface of it, it seems quite immoral, doesn't it? Mm. It's it basically you're manipulating people to make money. Yeah. Um, but that's the society we live in, though, isn't it? Really, well, <laughs> business is business. Is it, but is it though? Like uh, this is the yeah. thing. Like, if, if we're if we're talking about a, a Christian perspective, if we were if we if there was a purely Christian social media outlet. Would it work? Would it work? Because all these ones that do work work because of all these things yeah. that we're talking about, which is a, a, another big question. Can you? You'd like to? Think? I think if if there was a fully Christian social media, I think I'd find it quite superficial. Do you know, like you'd find like celebrities being super superficial on social media. I'd Not struggle. Celebrities, I think. Well, lots of, lots of people. As well, yeah, if I'm honest. I, yeah. I, I've, I probably did quite a bit, but it's. I think it, on a Christian social media, you'd you'd feel like. Because I'm sure there's like Christian dating apps, you know, like Tinder, yeah. but like for Christians and stuff like that. Christian singles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but salvation it, dates. <laughs> in the back of the salvation dates. <laughs> we shouldn't make one. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just feel like the profiles would be very fake. I feel like more arguments would happen on there than yeah. normal social sites <laughs> anyway. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's you it's wore really the wrong tights with your uniform. <laughs> Has anyone ever fasted social media? Yeah, uh, kind of. I've deleted the app for like a week or two. How how was it? Did you find yourself craving it? Yes, but I'm young, and all I do is spend my time. So I I have a proper like love hate relationship with Snapchat. So I'll be on it for ages, and then I'll you know on your phone when you get your weekly usage. Uh, yeah, like what, how much time you spent on what apps? That's always at the top. And when I say it's at the top, I'll delete it for a couple of days, 
but then I'll just have to get it back because what if someone's spoken to me? So what what do you do on Snapchat? I don't understand the idea of spending a lot of time on Snapchat because for me it's like a oh someone sent me a message, I look at it, I might reply, I might not, and then you know he that's, never that, replies. That's my, my day's interaction <laughs> with Snapchat. I just do that a lot. I just okay. Try, I just speak. So to you talk to a lot of a lot. Well, of yeah, people I'm not like on the app constantly, so I'd, I'd send a snap, put my phone away. I'd say I get a notification, go on it, reply, and then I might get another one while I'm there. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not popular. That's not, I'm not trying to say that like, I get lots of Snapchats, but if I get a Snapchat while I'm there, I'll just be on it then. And then there's, there's, I'll look at people's stories, or I, okay. get, I get, I don't know if this, this, this could be something in psychology, but I, I just. If there's a story, I have to watch it just so it's off my screen. So and even if you know, just right. like whiz through it, yeah, I just whiz through it. Yeah. I'm still yeah. spending time on the app. This is it, and that's that, again what we're talking about mm. about the, the kind of the manipulation of of the big business, which which it is. It's, yeah. it's massive business. It's worth a lot of money. But I, I always say, if there's something that you can't give up for three or four weeks, mm. it's an addiction. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No yeah. matter what that is, whether that's you know, playing snooker or whatever, that's water. social media or... Yeah, not, not water, yeah. <laughs> Something that you don't need. Um, but I think, you know, if, if, you, if I was brutally honest with myself, am I addicted to my phone? Probably. I use it a lot and it, it yeah. is a spare minute. Um, when I was talking to someone um, the other week, actually, we were talking about the, uh, sort of the, the um, relationship between... The generation that are always on the smartphones and the increase in, in mental health issues and whether mm. that was just because we're more enlightened now and because we can talk about it more or whether those two things actually had uh, an in, uh, a direct correlation to each other. And I think not having... If you walk into a doctor's um, waiting room, for example, most people will be on their phones. And uh, the people of a certain generation, probably, you know, 40s, 50s plus, maybe they'll be sat either with a newspaper or sat just, you know, enjoying mm. their own company. And I think sometimes we don't create that space for ourselves just to sit and think, think, think through the day, think through, and it's often yeah, yeah. filled with let's just have a quick flick through social media, see mm. what everyone's up to, which is which is great, and it's great to be interacting with our, with friends and finding out what I've got, you know, a couple of mates in Australia, New Zealand, um, and Argentina, and you know, all over the world, yeah. and it's great to see what they're up to because picking up the phone is difficult with a massive mm. time difference. But on the other hand. I just don't know where that happy medium is, and that's something yeah. I wrestle and if, with. And if you go from a biblical perspective, it's that taking time out mm. and having time with just God. Yeah, and you, just yourself as well. Yeah, like sometimes, yeah. sometimes you can find God just in the time with yourself. Yeah. you know, when you're and, thinking through. And maybe and that's where the relationship that Ed mentioned with mental health and social media—we don't get that headspace like we used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. and. The mental he- mental health rates in Gen Z are so much higher than they've been, and whether I mean, there's so many different arguments to why yeah, that is. Absolutely. Whether it's the diagnosis of it, or the acceptance of it, or whatever, mm. or the understanding of it, I feel like there is probably a relationship in that because biblically, God says you need time away, you need time to recharge and mm. to be still and. Our addiction to our phone stops that happening. Yeah, I was re- reading a little bit in uh, in preparation for this, and um, one of the I can't remember who wrote it or where it was from, but they talked about the culture of comparison, mm. about seeing everybody else's you know wonderful lives and thinking, oh, actually, mine's not all that great compared to you know someone who's in a, on a beach in the Maldives and you know mm. going here, there, and everywhere, and you know nice cars and yeah. you know, always you know always look fantastic all the time, but you don't see the other side of it, and I think that the culture of comparison which is 
probably part of human nature really isn't it mm. and and has always happened but it just seems to be amplified by social media well it's 24 7 isn't it that's the it's issue never off, yeah. you're used to like because i mean going slightly off social media but like things like emails and work like work-life balance is such an issue in this country now but you used to go home at five o'clock and that was it you didn't have contact with other people you had your family and your friends and who, who you chose to be in contact with mm. whereas now we are all contactable by anybody that either has our social media can find us on social media number, yeah. yeah just as our name yeah um yeah but t- talking about what you said uh, paul sent through a few notes and he said um that there was a bbc article on a university study from the USA, that suggests that seeing highlights of everyone on your social media can lead you to subconsciously believe your life is worse. In turn, can lead to anxiety, depression and loneliness. And the irony is, the connection that you have with other people makes loneliness worse in some cases. We've never been more connected, but also never been as lonely as, as a lonely. society. Yeah. Which yeah. is, it seems like a, a really interesting paradox. Such, like, yeah. it's, it's true, it's isn't so, it? And yeah. There's some statistics that came out probably a year or two ago now, but they were talking about the loneliest age demographic in the UK. And like, historically, that tends to be kind of the older generation. Mm. Um, but at the moment, it's the 18 to 25s. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's, that kind of speaks volumes about like, some of the culture that we're, we live in now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Maybe we do crave that human interaction. Mm. So even though we are connected and we, we, we think it's a, a genuine way of of relationship and whatever is it that we have that human need for actual human interaction it, yeah it, it, mm. it feels like it's a it's a quick fix for something mm. that's more substantial yeah. it's it's like a snack almost isn't it you're not really getting the nutrients the, you yeah need. the full thing but you but you it's enough of a hit to to get you yeah. by um it's a quick high yeah <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think the pla- I think social media as a platform is great. I, I don't think it. I don't think it's social media which is the the problem or the cause of these like mental health issues. I think I think it's partly to do like because we can now diagnose it better, and it's, it's also to do with like the person as well. So if if, if you were to do it in real life, you were going to do it on social media ten times more. Mm. I'd, I'd like. I've been in parts. Of, I've I've had a couple of stages this year where I, I've had suffered with mental health issues, and the use of social media has been. Without it, I wouldn't know what I do because that means I can message someone instantly if I need mm. to talk to them, because because uh, I'm at uni and I'm two hours away from like my people that I'm close to. It means uh, I can if I post something, if someone sees it, they'll see it straight away and they'll be able to message me. I, I feel like there's so many positive because social media is sticking around. I think it's it's so important not to say. Or not to say, oh, social media is going to cause all these mental health issues and just say, yeah, this is a platform, it's going to happen, what can we do about it? And it, it links how, how as Christians can we do something on social media to help people who are struggling with mental health issues and to help find a solution for that sort of problem because it, it's not going to go away yeah, yeah. and it's, it's probably going to get bigger and it's mm. probably, but it, with time it should just get easier and easier to deal with and finding new ways of doing it and there's loads of apps out there now so such as like headspace have you heard of headspace yeah, and calm yeah. mindfulness it's all about mindfulness and meditation mm. and as as much as like meditation is good we, we can pray and stuff but mm. I, I feel like just giving that time where it's just you thinking is is, is as important as having time with you and god mm. but if you can sit and take 20 minutes out of your day and just rest completely and no distractions no nothing 
That's when you get to encounter God. Yeah, exactly. It's going to come naturally. So if your mind's so busy trying to find him, sometimes you just need to stop and he'll come to you. I think that shows me how far away I am from your generation because for me, that happens without my phone, but for you, that happens with it. And that's like... That, that just shows the kind of putting it away and being away from it gives me that space. But for you, for you using the app is really helpful as a tool to make that yeah. space possible. Yeah. And, and actually, think- it's more, it, for, for a lot of teenagers, it's more of a an issue to be away from their phone. Mm. Because that, yeah. they don't know how to be without it. The contact, yeah. They, I'd yeah. feel uncomfortable if my phone wasn't next to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> if it was over there on that table, let's see how long you can cope with it here. If, if it was over there on that on the table behind us, and I'd, I'd, I'd keep looking over and making sure it was yeah. still there, like every like five minutes. Mm. Like how many times when your phone's died, do you check it? I don't let my phone die. I like even though I know it's dead, I still click the bone. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> I just had a quick look around, and are we all wearing some sort of smartwatch as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've all got so we all have ways. Well, yeah, you're I'm taking my phone over Apple there now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Fitbit, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is just theft. <laughs> so, yeah, we all have ways for, even if our phone is on the other side of the room, we're still contactable. It's, yeah, yeah my, everywhere. The, the reasons I'd, I stayed away from uh, a smartwatch was because I didn't want to be more connected to my phone than mm. I already was, but consciously. And then... Um, my brother-in-law got a new one. He's like, oh, do you know, do you want this one? I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. I'm quite into watches. And yeah. It's quite nice to have as part of a watch collection. And I use it quite a lot for, like, in a gym for, like, the fitness yeah, stuff yeah. and things like that. But it does connect me more. And it, even now in meetings mm. when where I wouldn't be contactable, my phone goes off. I can just flip my wrist and say, oh, it's an email from yeah. someone. So, oh, it's a and that's your train of thought gone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So it does, it, it does mm. exactly what I hoped it well, what I knew it would do, really, but it didn't stop me from getting one, <laughs> which yeah. is probably something in itself. Yeah. I find it fascinating, like, the journey of technology. And I was reading a, a book about, but called Flickering Pixels by Shane Hips, which is all about technology and faith. And he kind of charts technology growing and the way that technology has always taken something from the communal to the individual. And that's kind of been the journey throughout history. So we've kind of, with our stories, we like used to just tell them in an, like in the oral tradition around campfires, and mm-hmm. it was all passed on by word of mouth. And that was a communal experience with like scripture and um, yeah, even, even with scripture in churches, you used to have to go to your local church to hear scripture being read, and that was a communal experience. But then we invented the printing press. And suddenly everyone had a Bible for themselves. Yeah. So our theology became a lot more individualistic. So we had to suddenly we, we had this idea of a personal individual relationship with God where 100, 200 years before that, it was all a communal, like a community interaction and relationship God with people, God. Yeah. yeah. So our very understanding of our, like, our base level theology is a di- totally different worldview to kind of first century Palestine or all that sort of stuff. And you can see all that growing further and further. So say like the invention of the speaker. So now we can listen to music together and then we get headphones. So now it's an individual experience. Um, so it's always taking something from the communal to the individual. And so where does social media fit into that? So that's, it, that's amazing. That's at the point we're at now. So yeah. now we've got an individual experience of community. Yeah, Whoa. which is <laughs> mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah. Inception. Yeah. So it's yeah, indivi- individualizing everything. So even our view of community now is through the lens of the individual. Oh my gosh! 
It's a very fancy way yeah. to word it. Yeah. You've blown my mind now. It's really interesting, and particularly when, when you look at a society now, it can be very much my interests, uh, even right down to, you know, how we how we vote. It's about what's best for me rather than what's best for us. Mm. Um and, and various other things, it's, it's all very much you have to look after yourself and all these yep. things. It, boiling it down, it kind of links up to what, what you're saying yeah, there yeah. about you making things individual, making it about me. Yeah. What do you think would happen if we took social media away for a month? From the entire planet. From the whole world. Rioting. <laughs> for a month. I'd loot. I mean, Twitter can't even go up when it's down for ten minutes. Right, exactly. <laughs> Oh, Especially know? when it goes down 10 minutes before Love Island. <gasps> a couple of weeks ago, three the, the three that are on together, is it WhatsApp, Instagram Facebook and Facebook, Instagram, yeah. mm. all stopped working, didn't they? Yeah. And there was, an absolute, there was carnage. Like, was people Twitter just, went Twitter, mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, saying, Twitter crashed because of it. <laughs> and that's it. There is outrage when things yeah. stop working. And I guess when you're looking, like Jacob was saying earlier, when you're looking at organising things and you need it for a very instant response... Mm. It's great, but if you yeah, if it's just mindless, then maybe it's a good thing that we don't use it. I th- it's it's very difficult. It's very yeah. But I think that's where the addiction comes in. Like it is, it's it's an addiction for so many humans that if you take that away, it's like a dependency, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like if you take alcohol away from an alcoholic, or you take heroin away from a heroin addict, it's the thing is, it's going to have consequences. Two, there's, two, there's very very intentional ways you can stay away from those things with social media. It becomes it's, it's first Integral. of all it's a lot more acceptable to be mm. you know on your phone. That's all we're looking at really. Yeah, on yeah. Your phone. And, and secondly, it's it's almost like it, the the companies make it make you feel like you're not part of things if you're not on them. If you're not yeah. like some people, some a couple of friends of mine are on Facebook, but you know, so if you want to contact them, you have to WhatsApp them or whatever. Um, but it it kind of feels like they're not part of. Part yeah, of that, yeah. and mm. that's how it works. It's how they get you in it. Is mm. is it's that part, sense of community mm. almost? You're not yeah. you're not a part. You're mm. missing out. It's mm. far more, I guess, isn't it? You're missing out on what's going on there. But, mm. but are they missing out though if they're not on it? Well, this is it. Yeah, but if you have had it and you are addicted to it, and then you go away from it, then you know how it feels. That, that's not of it. Yeah, mm. it's difficult. It's really challenging for me because I, I always. Having said that, you know, particularly in conversations with some mates that, um, that quite, drink quite heavily, and they always say, you know, could you give it up for a month? And if not, you know, maybe maybe we need to think about it a little bit more. But then I feel a little bit like a hypocrite because I'm not sure could I give up all of those social media platforms when I'm trying to, you know, run a football team and yeah. work and all those kind of things. And you know, I use mm. Twitter as part of my part of work as well. Mm. And then it becomes that you're making excuses, but obviously exactly. they do it to have fun. Yeah, they do yeah. whatever, yeah. It's, exactly. I guess yeah. for me that there's an important distinction between the way we use social media as a tool or as that that thing that fills our free time, that fills that just is a replacement for boredom. Yeah. Um because like for me, social media is the main time I use it, even though I, I use it for work and I post on, on it for work, I find it doing it in that capacity much more difficult than doing it in a, I've got five minutes to, to wait for something I'm just going to flick through. Um, because I guess there's an intentionality about how you're using it when you're doing it's it. It's like a bit of moral as pressure, a isn't it? Yeah. So, well, my, my degrees in marketing, so a lot of a lot of it, because it was the, the time and space that we were in is based around social media. And it's just, there's there's now so many people that can do so many things to advertise on social media now. 
it's like so with G21, you feel a bit more pressure to post because it's on a platform where you want people to see it. Whereas if you're posting on a personal, it's 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 your platform as people are going to see it, but it's your opinion yeah, that you yeah. care. So uh, with like with the clothing brand, I I, I can't I I can't have a personal opinion on my clothing brand's page because that would change people's perception of the clothing yes. brand because it's not me. It's corporate, rather. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think especially with, with G twenty one, like adding in that religious element, like I, I feel a lot of pressure that if I post something, I want to make sure that it's it's like theologically backed up or because. Uh, you feel under pressure, not from people who aren't Christians, but from Christians themselves, I think. It's accountability. Um, into yeah, yeah, and I find that difficult. And also, I th- I, I've always had a real, real fear that this G21 expression of the Salvation Army online is going to be absorbed into just being a social media page. And I think once it becomes just a social media page, it's lost something human in that... I, I don't know whether that's just my mindset on it or not, but um, like I, I've never wanted it to just become a Facebook page or Twitter page. I think it always needed to be broader than that, and that just being used as a communication for it, like a, a distribution channel for content rather than the fundamental of what it is. I think it's hard because you're coming from a platform where you are just a picture on a screen yeah. to becoming that human interaction, so there's... I, I'd struggle to name any social media pages which I'd feel comfortable. Well, it, pages such as like Unilad and Lad Bible, you, you, lots of people now comment on that because it's a page that's been around for so long and that people recognise and they know they can comment on it. Like Facebook introduced, uh, have you seen top fans? Yeah. So you can become a top fan on a page now, so that gives them even more reason to want to interact with that page because they're recognised the by that page. It's just the additional praise and it's that yeah. whole dopamine exactly. release that and hit, that... Mm. Um, human appro- approval and all that kind of thing, and that that can be really toxic. Mm. It's, yeah, that was, toxic's a really interesting word because I've heard that used to describe social media from people of an older generation to mine, which is probably two f- from like really old, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like nearly dead old. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 really interesting because you could say well yeah it can be toxic and it can but also it can be really really good and it can be a way Mm. to share you know people who have babies in america for example it's really good to share in that joy with them and to be able to say oh fantastic really glad that you're doing well without having to wait you know a week for a letter to arrive with a picture in it Mm. you can do it instantly so it can be but on the other hand it's like i guess it's like anything yeah like we've said yeah there's good and evil in everything like yeah yeah. it's it's how do we steer towards the positive and Mm. and drive it towards that and away from the toxic even though we are going to be interacting with some people will use it in a toxic way (laughs) that's the challenge of of it all i guess yeah and i think that I've used this word a lot tonight. I think it comes down to accountability as well as Christians is to hold each other accountable on social media is a real challenge. Mm. Um, Because I've got lots of friends on social media that I read what they put and I cringe a little bit and I'm like, are you really sure you want to say that? Um, Or how does that look to our non-Christian friends? And it it can be really damaging, just just the same as how we choose to live our lives on a weekend or on a night or whatever, yeah, can be toxic. It's, it's fine that balance because if you yeah. don't have that element of realism, I guess, yeah. do you 
you run the risk of becoming fake. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and I think. And but, it's, yeah, yeah, as long as it's, it, I guess it depends on your message. Mm. But if you seem to be overly negative uh, on on social media, and, oh, you're supposed to be a Christian, you're, you know, you're really down all the time. But actually, maybe that person is really struggling, and it's just a three month period where they're finding life really, really tough. But all you see, and they're in the wilderness. Months. That like the, that exactly, happens in the Bible yeah. all the time. Like it, exactly, pe- so, people find themselves in the wilderness. Like. So is it okay? <laughs> That's a question I don't have the answer to. No, I think it's so much harder as well because it's literally just words on the screen. So if if you put something out which is sarcastic, unless the people know you, that's going straight over their head and they're going to think, if you've said something like a sarcastic joke, they're going to think, oh, you're a terrible person. But you're not at all. For me, it's just, I think it's just important to be, to be real on social media, just to, just Mm. to be who you, who you really are. And, Perhaps flaws and all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I know mm. it's very natural that you know you take a beautiful picture of a really nice scenery. You're going to want to put that on. Uh, not necessarily seeing life like this all the time. You're probably not going to put a picture of you know when you're in the middle of a slum and you know. It's, <laughs> but it, it, obviously, people are drawn to the attractive. But I think being real about the intention behind it. Of, uh, I just want to share this because I found it really beautiful. Rather than look at my life, isn't it fantastic all of the time? There's two mm. very different things. I think that that tends to be why I steer away from posting a lot on social media because I don't want to be construed as just putting out really great stuff, you know, all the good things that happen and missing mm. out all the bad stuff. So I just tend to avoid posting it. I tend to use it more to take news from, mm. you know, more of a, yeah, um, a passenger, I guess, of social media, just kind of read it, see what else everyone what else do they is call doing. call them? Mm. Facebook stalkers. Yeah, stalkers. Yeah, yeah. Silent warriors. Yeah. <laughs> That's me, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, but there's a challenge in that for me. Is can I can I be more real? On you know, what can I yeah. not be a, a passenger and maybe I don't know. Should I? That's another question. I think <laughs> it's, it's the stereotype people are scared about. They, they don't want to post because they're scared what people are going to say, but they feel like they need to post it. So then they've got nowhere to put it, and I, I think that links to the sort of the mental health thing as well, because people get scared to post, and so. I imagine for like when you're a teenager, especially, you don't want to post your opinions because all the other people will say something, and you don't want to put a picture of you with you wearing certain something. But that's uh, human approval oh, yeah, again, exactly. isn't it? Like that's materialism just, and stuff. It's just the use not of social media it's not, made materialistic yeah. things so that's much hard. more. That's not where we find it's, hard to, it's to awful. Yeah, yeah. But that's our worth isn't based on the amount mm. of likes we've got or whether people have responded to what we've said or whether people don't agree with it and that's so hard yeah i think my main worry is something that you mentioned earlier is looking back at like like or thinking back to um when i was younger some of the things i believed and some of the things i like argued for and told other people i like thoroughly disagree with and really cringe at the thought of myself saying those things now so that's that's my worry more than anything that I'll look back at my social media in five years time and think, wow, I, I, I got that all wrong. <laughs> yeah, but right. It's a good Let me just tell you about the yeah. story of Paul in the Bible, right? That's been documented for quite a long time. He said a lot of things he didn't really mean yeah. after it. So when you look at it like that, your social media probably not going to go down as much as Paul's story know. did in the Bible. Are you that intentional in conversation? Is it just because it's documented? It's Yeah, it's because mm. like when I say something, it's ephemeral. It, it disappears after I've said it. But if I post it, it's there. Unless we're on a podcast. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's why we're doing it. But it can be edited <laughs> because Edward that's edits it. himself. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I have complete control over content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to be weird ourselves from now because we're going to flag in the ground. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, think, I don't know. I think that's that kind of ties the two together, doesn't it? Is that is that being real and saying saying what it is, but also, I guess you know, are we willing to go back and say, do you know what? I know I said that, but actually. When I yeah. thought about it, I'm probably you know I've missed the mark a little bit because I, yeah. I think the same. I, I've, I can be very opinionated about things, and particularly in conversations, would I document that online? I probably, yeah, probably would. But you know, would I change my mind on it as well? Almost definitely. Yeah, mm. I think. Well, but then we can teach people about the power of forgiveness and stuff from that point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Like, but also the fact that you we know, know that it doesn't define Ed. That stupid chicken hat he put on social media like it doesn't define him as a person we still love him for who he is so it's fine like we can practice that love and forgiveness i think it's also that that perception of of christianity uh, and it's something that i I wrestle with when i'm trying to um interact with my non-christian friends of you know we we don't always have it right like it's okay i think sometimes laying that out and and being very honest about it saying do you know what Sometimes I've done things and uh, and that's not mm. Christian and although I and say that's I'm why a I need Jesus exactly yeah. yeah he's trying to get that across and I think we've got a, a yeah. quite a good platform to be able to do that with and I think that that my attitude towards social media is symptomatic of a, a wider I guess insecurity that mm. I don't want to be seen as someone who's, who's that getting it wrong again. that's it yeah so because you, your personality you don't want to be seen as no, vulnerable that's that's yeah who that's you it are. yeah I want to appear like i've got it all together mm. and which you don't which i don't absolutely that. not um clearly <laughs> because i'm talking about my insecurities <laughs> well, that's it yeah it's okay we're here for you um but yeah so I, I guess that's an important point in itself that our attitude to social media isn't an isolated thing that's often like symptomatic of our wider attitude towards life and, and just who you are as a person yeah that's it yeah, and maybe that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's okay. Actually. It's definitely okay. Being willing to have your mind changed is, is yes is really important as well. And also, yeah, taking I mean, listening just to you guys talk today has changed some of the things that I I thought mm-hmm. before. And I think probably want to go away and think a little bit more mm-hmm. about it. My opinions will start to evolve. But I think if it ever that's written, how God is still working. Like yeah, I think yeah. that's so amazing. Yeah. That God is always working in us and he's always changing us and he's always mm. making us the best version of us we can be. Ryan Wildman quote for you there. Um, so, yeah, I just I just think it's it's all testimony, isn't it? It's all... That, and that's, a, that's an evolution, isn't yeah. it? That's not yeah. something... We, we go from one place to another um, mm. and wherever we are from the beginning of that or at the end of that or somewhere in the middle of that, being, being willing to say, do you know what, yeah, there's some stuff that I've said mm. that I... That I cringe at last and things that I've yeah. done that, I, that I'm really not not proud of at all. And I, I also really hope that I don't believe the exact same things that I do now in five, ten years' time. Yeah. Because Maybe then what will I've learned? Time. Yeah. Yeah. Some things will remain, won't they? But other things yeah. will very much yeah, so. evolve and change, particularly when we're talking about things that technology never stands still, does it? It's, it's yeah. always mm. it's the next thing. They've yeah. probably got, you know, the, the new iPhones are released every six months, aren't they? Or every, every 18 year, months yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But they'll have the, the next two probably already made and ready to ready to ship out already. So yeah. it never stops. Mm-hmm. So, you know, does our thinking about it and, and the way that we, we react to it, that also can't stop because, mm. because then you, we risk becoming uh, not current and, and irrelevant, I guess. Yeah. Which, which the gospel isn't. 
It is not. I think that's a, a really good place to kind of draw it's a, this conversation it's a wrap. <laughs> to, yeah, to, to, to a close. But um, just as we're finishing, I'm going to ask a question of all of you. Um, what's kind of the one thing that's kind of challenged you most in this conversation? Um, I'm happy to fill time until someone looks at me with, a, with an answer in their eyes. <laughs> I think just the whole... The, the, my intentionality behind social media is something that's out, it's something that I have previously thought about, but I think it's something I need to think a little bit more about and and whether that means posting more or, or posting less or changing the way that I post. Mm. I, that, I don't have the answer for that at the moment, but certainly it's something that I'll be thinking a lot about and and also, you know, am I, am I intentional about my faith on social media? I think if you look to my social media, you, you, apart from a few fairly isolated incidents, you probably wouldn't, recognize that i was a christian through it i don't know if that's good or bad or i don't really know but that's another challenge i guess is of you know should i be more intentional about my faith and about the gospel and about what that means to me mm. um on social media so that's my one thing i i I, just, I think it's important that everyone's just themselves on social media and that's yeah. like the biggest thing i take out of this is as much as you want as much as social media feels like a place that you've got to highlight your best bits it's it's just a documentation of you and whether you know you've just had your teeth whitened or whatever. If you're just you, people people just have to accept it. And there's no way people might sit like in real life. People are gonna say stuff you don't like about you, and people are gonna praise you for the good things you do. It's just so important to be real and honest with yourself on social media, and so there's not that superficialness like we've talked about. Like mm-hmm. you can't be come across as someone else because you are you, and that can't change that. So it's I think it's just so important that you are just you and you don't try and make yourself look better and you don't have to put yourself to the lowest of the low and show everyone. It just depends on who you are as a person. If you don't want to share it, don't share it. If you want to share it, share it. Yeah. Um, I think the challenge I'm going to take away is, is what I'm posting on social media, but also what I'm doing in my everyday life, glorifying God. Mm. That's Take like really resonated yeah. with me. Like, is it is it glorifying God? Like, because mm. that that's what I believe we're here to do. So mm. I should probably get on with it. What about you, Ed? Taylor. Yeah. Um, for me, it's it's that vulnerability. Mm. Um, yeah, that willingness to be visibly not okay if I if that is the reality of what it is, but. Um, yeah, talking about my faith online and, yeah, just being open a bit more. Because um, I'm happy to do that behind that that wall of G21, but to do that as Edward Borrett online is, is a different thing. Mm. So, yeah, uh, that's a, a huge challenge. Can I ask one question to everyone just to like, end it on a bit oh. of a, like a higher positive Go note? Go for it. <laughs> what, then Edward's insecure? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We what? should do a whole episode on my insecurities. <laughs> Let's do that. It's just therapy, free therapy. Um, what if you could think of one thing that social media's done to improve your life? Like, what would it be? Like, how has social media made your life better now it's around? Because it's not going anywhere. I think communicating quickly with a lot of people is really important f- for me, particularly when uh, busy with work. Or if I'm not at home, it means I can still interact with my friends I can still be in in the football group chat or I can still organize an event without having to see other people without having to make 20 individual phone calls so f- for me 
it's it's very convenient, easy um, of access. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and very much the the football team that that are playing is is a a church team and it's the kind of an evangelical tool. So having more things available for me to to make that easier for me is really important. So I think it's it's been really good for that for me. I think mine would be very similar. Just that ease of communication and organisation, like all of this podcast stuff was organised through social media. Everything that um, I, I, I set up or, or run will be organised probably through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's probably had the biggest impact on my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine is the, the sense of community. So like family that live far away, like I feel like I know everything that's... Not everything, because obviously not everyone shares everything, but things that are going on. Like at the minute we've got a family member who's going through leukaemia treatment and... I feel like every day I know how she's getting on and mm. I know that mum and dad are okay and I know that brother's okay. And that, whereas with how busy life is these days, and they probably wouldn't appreciate everybody ringing and asking all the time. Whereas now, I, I don't know, I just think the community and that, everybody that you love in one place. Mm. How about you, Jacob? Um, I, for me, I, I think it's just it's such a great opportunity. So social media has opened so many doors for so many new things. The amount of uh, things like Instagram influencers as that's, that's a career or clothes. So if me with a clothing brand, if social media wasn't a thing, I wouldn't know the first place to start selling clothes or anything that I do. So the opportunities that social media can bring, the people that you can meet on social media, the people that you interact with, and the people that you might see you never like your post, never they follow you but they don't like your post or they don't even follow you, they just come across you. I think the opportunity that can come just from that and the opportunities that can come just from a simple message to someone who's got a few followers, or even if they don't, if you, just, you just know them, but the opportunity to message someone when they need it or the opportunity to do something with yourself on social media to then do other things in real life as well. Like, if I'd have never said Ed the, sent Ed the message about the podcast, would there be a podcast now? Probably not. But the, the the fact that I had the opportunity and the place to send a message to do that and the people around me who I know... Because I know them in real life, but the the use of social media has made that so much easier to speak to them. It's made the opportunities a lot easier to find and to take if you want to take them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a, a good note to end on. Um, yeah. So thank you all for listening. If you have any ideas or um, comments on what we've spoken about um, anything that you think we've missed or you just think would be helpful in this discussion please do let us know comment them below or um, message them to us if you'd rather do it privately but um, yeah we do want to make sure that we're taking on board feedback and uh, yeah so thank you very much and goodbye goodbye Toodaloo.